0: Welcome to How to Stop Wanting Him Back, a podcast on not just getting over your ex, but into yourself. I'm Claire, the Heartbreak Coach. Let's make what feels impossible, possible. Hey loves, welcome to episode 18, Knock Him Off His Pedestal. Before I get started, I am recording for the first time in my new apartment, which does not have any furniture. I'm waiting for bits and pieces to arrive, so it might sound a little funky and echoey, Hopefully, that will be resolved in the coming weeks when these walls are filled with furniture. So I appreciate your patience. Still hoping to bring you quality content if the sound is not high quality, but I didn't want to let that be an excuse to not let a week go by and not dive in on all the different ways that we keep ourselves mired in our pain over Mr. Wrong. So I wanted to do knock him off his pedestal because... Obviously, there is a tendency to do that when we are longing for Mr. Wrong. We remember all the good things. I was inspired to do this particular topic today because a couple of people have reached out asking for advice, and I actually had a great coaching session with a client who said, you know, as far as I am along on knowing that he's not my person anymore and I'm in this new relationship, there are still moments where I just feel so sad over him. And I know I should just let that be and be with the sadness and not be afraid of it. And actually with this particular client, we've been working together for six or seven months now, and she has done a ton of work. She's built her coaching business. She has moved through a lot of the pain of her last relationship. She's found an incredible man who treats her like gold. And so it is still natural for the brain to long for what was with someone else. I know that that might sound crazy to some of you, but I know so many people in current, amazing, healthy relationships who still remember the good times with a guy who maybe wasn't that great for her, but there are certain qualities. I've heard women say, I love my husband madly, but I can honestly say he's not the best sex I've ever had. I often think, uh, go back to my episode where I interview Jen Pasteloff, author of On Being Human. This book was just released. It's got Elizabeth Gilbert, pink, so many people's stamps of approval on it, Cheryl Strayed, and she wrote an excellent book. And oftentimes the best sex happens with Mr. Wrong. It's so it's so bad that it feels so good, right? So I think that that's very natural to long for qualities of Mr. Wrong because there was something that like literally made our vaginas light up over those people. I can safely say that that is not the case for me with my rock bottom ex. But um, definitely some other dudes from my past that there's a fire, there's a chemistry, there's a sense of humor that I share with certain Men from my past or I wonder, oh, am I going to find that again in my future partner? And the great news is we always get to manage our minds around thinking that that's a quality that we need. It reminds me of managing my over-drinking journey. So I've been talking about this throughout several episodes about how I have identified as an over drinker, not an alcoholic, but someone who leans on alcohol to take off the edge. 100% Irish woman over here. And my body can process a lot of alcohol. So I was averaging 12, 15 drinks a week between socializing, networking, dating, all the things. Or if I had had a hard week and I was alone on a Friday, I would pop up a bottle of wine open at 5 p.m. So I really um, re-shifted my thoughts around drinking because I understood that I wanted to operate at the highest level mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the ways. And so it has been an amazing journey to completely lower my alcohol intake. And I think one of the kind of Little girl thoughts that I have is, oh, but it tastes so good and it's so much more fun with alcohol. And I just love the combination of wine and cheese and good company. And oh my God, when I'm on a first date, come on, I absolutely need that drink to relax me and it just feels more romantic and exciting. Does this sound familiar to any of you who enjoy a glass of wine or a margarita or two or five? But I love what Brooke Castillo offers on her over drinking program, which absolutely that was how I how I moved through shifting from being a an over drinker to now I identify as a moderate drinker. I drink on average four drinks a week. I actually have been really committed to four drinks a week, but I did have parents in town. So I went crazy and I had six. I know so wild, but I'm recording this on a Thursday. So I've got the weekend ahead. My parents just left today. I will not be drinking this weekend. I'm really conscious about not putting a lot of alcohol in my system. And it has shifted so much for me, but I had to retrain my brain to believe that I didn't need it, to believe that it's okay to be with my discomfort and not scratch the itch with having the wine touch my lips and just feel that buzz and that relaxation. I trained my brain to know that when I drink less, right, to remember that when I drink less, I feel better. When I drink less, I create more clients. When I drink less, I have lots more energy. When I drink less, I have way less anxiety, When I drink less, I feel really good physically in my body. When I drink less, I have much better skin, right? Are you guys like, okay, Claire, we get it. We get it. (laughs) But my point is I retrained my brain to say, you know, alcohol is not as great as what I made it to be subconsciously. Right. I made it this crutched and this like fun thing. And I indulged a belief that having more alcohol meant having more fun meant being more relaxed. But it was actually creating so much brain fog. It was actually triggering so much anxiety. And so, yeah, it totally applies to when we are fantasizing and putting our exes on a pedestal. With this client in particular, yes, I was working through so much about her being okay with her sadness and that when we miss our ex and when we've let them go and she had been with him for five years, of course, there's going to be clean pain around the loss. But now we're over six months into coaching together. And she said, I know like when these things come up, I just need to be with the sad. But when I'm with the sad, then I really start to ruminate. And I'm like, well, the sadness is a feeling. And feelings are created by thoughts, so what are the thoughts? And so she talks about how there are certain parts of him and the times that they had together that she misses that she'll never get back. And that makes her really sad. And then it makes her think of all the times that he wasn't that kind. He was actually pretty nasty and how hard it was. And then that makes her feel really sad. And then she thinks about the attraction. And so then that triggers up longing, right? And so in this particular case, after we've moved through how it's okay for her to feel sadness about missing him and longing for him, I said to her, I think we're at the point where you can actually start giving yourself a hard no, telling your brain, this is a hard no, on missing this man. And she was like, "Um, I'm sorry, what do you mean? So we have these thoughts and I want to be very clear here. We are not preventing thoughts from happening. Another great analogy is, you know, I'm an actress and I have always been conscious of my weight and my body and what it looks like. And as a teenager into my 20s, even into my early 30s, I'm 38 now, even into my 30s, I was very obsessive over staying thin, staying fit, even though, of course, I was eating a lot and drinking a lot. I wanted to have my cake and eat it, too, literally. But I got to a point where... I was over obsessing about my body. I was over waking up in the morning. And the first thing I needed to do is check out my body in the mirror, step on the scale, already start counting my calories and it would be bad if I overate and trying to measure up how many calories I could burn and obsessively check how many steps I was walking and all the things, all of that energy and focus just over what I physically looked like, which was really deep down equating my worth. And so I eventually applied the hard no principle. Hard no, Claire, we are not obsessing. Now, I will tell you, full transparency, I'll go to the gym at times. It actually happened this morning where I'm working out and you know, walk in and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, you look pretty good today. And then I start, you know, on the stairmaster and I start lifting weights. And then I look again and I'm like, wait, you look a little bit puffier. Whoa, that's so weird, but you didn't eat anything. What's that about? And my brain just starts to Obsess and scrutinize and judge. And then I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Claire, hard no. You are strong. You are healthy. You're beautiful. You are taking care of your body. We're not doing this right now. Hard no on obsessing and judging your body. And so that's what I offered my client. When she starts missing her ex, whoa, 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 hard no on missing this really fun aspect of the relationship and indulging a thought, I'm never going to have that again. She actually can create the feeling of the fun with her thinking whenever she wants to. She thinks that it's him that made her feel that way, but it was her thoughts about him. It was her thoughts about his uh, appearance and the chemistry that they had, right? Right. But really, the truth of the matter was he didn't treat her well. She never knew knew which way the shoe was going to drop. And she never felt comfortable. She never felt like she could be herself. She never felt like her voice mattered. She never felt like she was enough. She never felt like he truly heard her when she was expressing her emotional needs, trying to come from a clear, calm, emotionally mature place. And it never worked. And she's allowing her brain to indulge the fun, the attraction, the chemistry, the fire to take over what was really going on. So this is what I offered her. Hard no. We are not doing this today. I am not going to let my brain indulge a story that he had this way with me that nobody else can have this way with me. Fucking bullshit to your brain. What is really true? So I asked her to pause, take a breath, really take a breath. Sometimes I say on my client sessions, take a breath here. And they're like, okay, And I'm like, that was not a breath. Guys, take breaths. This is the best way to come into presence. You know what's really true? Your belly is rising and falling. What's not true is missing someone who didn't treat you the way that you deserved. Right? There has to come a point where you get to say, I am no longer going to indulge this story that causes me pain. So I asked her to take a deep breath. Pause and say, Why am I feeling this sadness right now? What am I thinking? I'm thinking that I really miss him. I'm thinking that I'm never going to get this aspect that I shared with him in the relationship back ever again. Right? Oh, that's interesting because what also is true is that he didn't treat me the way that I deserved. What also is true is that I'm with someone who does treat me that way. And it's a little bit foreign to my brain to be treated in this amazing way because I've been so used to the comfort of the discomfort of the mistreatment for five fucking years. Of course, she's in this place. She's human and she's feeling. But this coaching work, when you really apply it, is saying, what is my brain thinking? And why is it thinking this way? Oh, well, another aspect of it is that she's been doing a ton of work on owning her self-worth and her value as a coach and as a human being. And so she's her mind is blown right now. She said, I didn't realize that I've constantly had this humming story in the back of my head about feeling stupid, sharing with the world who I am and what I do. And having this you know noise in the background of not believing that she's enough, having this noise in the background of believing that she needs to create more, she needs to have more, she needs to be more. And I know so many of you out there can relate to that. So we've been doing so much work on that. And she's been so inspired and her mind is blown. And she said, I can't believe how calm I feel. But what's interesting is that my ex has started to resurface because her brain... Has been trained to stay uncomfortable and look for something to worry about. And some of you might be listening to this and thinking, she sounds crazy. Uh uh-uh. uh. Our brains are wired for survival. We're looking for the thing that might hurt us or kill us. That is how our brains were designed. And luckily, we don't have bears chasing us anymore. We don't have to gather. Uh, hunt and gather for food. So our brain is just constantly being on alert. Well, what should I worry about now? What should I do now? Who could hurt me now? Wait, what's that old unhealed story that I haven't fully processed yet? So totally normal, totally healthy, totally human for her to go there. But I, I said to her, you're far enough along on this journey. And you've got too much good happening for you to allow this indulgent story. It is an indulgent story to believe that those fun qualities were worth the negative ones. And I don't even think that she was saying, oh, and it was totally worth the negative. Right. But to really say hard, no, I'm noticing my brain is thinking that these qualities are the qualities that matter. Right. The attraction, the chemistry, the fire. And I know that that's what I believe. I mean, I was an actress majority of my life, so it needed to be fireworks. It needed to be romance and sunshine and butterflies and super Hollywood style. And if it wasn't that, then it wasn't real. It wasn't good enough, right? But that's not really true. Kick him off his pedestal. The last little tidbit I want to share is someone reached out to me on Instagram. Follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach if you don't yet. She said, what do you do if you're triggered by a song that's playing in a public place and you don't know what to do and it just brings you right back to the pain? And I thought that that was such a great question. What do you do if you bump into him? What do you do if you smell his cologne on someone else? What do you do if you recognize his car and your heart stops afraid that it's him, but it turns out it's not him? Thank fucking God, right? These things happen and our brains will automatically go back to that longing, to that angst, to the heart stopping. And I said to her, you know, you have so many choices. You could allow yourself to cry right then and there. I'm a New York City girl and I saw lots of tears on the subway and I can definitely say that I shed some tears on the subway. So you have an option to cry right then and there, wherever you are, who cares I just posted a a total snot-nosed, teary selfie to say crying is my thing and it needs to come up and come out. We need to process all the emotions. And my emotions were about all the growth and the amazingness and the change that has happened with my business and this new amazing place I'm living in. And it all just feels so much all that I worked for and it makes me so emotional. And so I get it out and I post a fucking selfie about it because I'm all about owning the tears, allowing emotions to come up. Who gives two shits if people are judging you or think you're weird? So that's one option. You have another option to, again, pause, take a breath. Hmm. I'm noticing I'm having thoughts about this song. I've totally been there with the music. I'm a huge top 40 fan and I totally associate songs with my exes, but it does shift. If you shift your thoughts, oh, I'm noticing that this song is bringing up pain for me. What am I thinking? Oh, we used to love this song together. Oh, I miss him. Oh my God. I want him back. Right? And it's like, okay, I get to be with that, right? Which is what I originally worked on with my client. But now six months into it, it's like, okay, I'm noticing I'm having these thoughts about the song and I'm making the song mean something with my brain that's attached to a story about him. So now you're distancing yourself from the belief that the song is causing you pain. It's not. It's your thoughts about the song and the uh, significance that it has because of the time that you spent while listening to it. And just saying, okay, that's totally okay. I can let some tears out. I can feel the pain. Or you can just say to the bartender, hey, dude, can you turn the song off? (laughs) You have that option. You also have the option to remove yourself. You have so many options. But just remember, my loves, any negative emotion isn't bad. Any automatic negative thought isn't a bad thing. Or, thinking that you've moved on and there you are then six weeks after thinking, oh my gosh, like it hasn't bothered me at all. Or you forget that you were so upset over it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bachelor in Paradise is paradise. On heaven's door. Just me? No? Anyone? Oh, come on. Bachelor in Paradise is the icing on the friggin' cake of the Bachelor franchise. And I watch it with my bestie Aisha. But seriously, if I got into a habit of watching Bachelor in Paradise with my man, and then we broke up and I heard that song, I I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I would just fucking lose it. (laughs) You just have to take the best care of you and really notice, is this an overwhelming emotion that I need to be with? Or is this a repetitive thought pattern that keeps coming up that I continue to indulge and then spiral into more rumination that yields me the result of missing him, longing for him, believing that he is it for you, believing that you might not find the way that you felt with him with someone else, which is total bullshit because you get to create your feelings with your thoughts, no matter who you are with. And I know that that's a crazy extreme. I've heard Brooke Castillo talk about this. She's like, you could fall in love with anyone with your thoughts. That's still a hard one for me to wrap my head around. But there's also a power in saying I choose to think thoughts of not being interested in this person. I'm not attracted to that person, right? However, you can choose to think thoughts that light you on fire with maybe a good guy who doesn't naturally, you know, light you up in that physical way, but he's just pure good and There is some chemistry and attraction there that can build, and you can communicate that with him. It does not mean that Mr. Wrong, the guy who hurt you over and over again, who had no follow through on his word, who didn't listen to you, who didn't honor your feelings, who borderline abused you with his words. Some of my clients have had physical abuse in their lives by their partners, right? It's not worth it. My client also referenced Big Little Lies. If any of you are listening, I'm a big fan myself. Look at Nicole Kidman, right? Oh my God, that chemistry, that fire. I mean, hello, Alexander Skarsgård. How, how could we blame her? Kidding. He was an abuser. Um, but just we understand the pull but it's our job to choose us it's our job to manage our minds it's our job to love us first and foremost and it is our job to tell our brains that that oxytocin we feel that is released with Mr. Wrong who lights us up in all the physical ways is Mr. Wrong for a reason over and over and over again. How many times I've heard clients say, yeah, I tried that and it worked, but then like I'm still feeling it again. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. If it worked for a little while, then it is your job to keep showing up, managing your mind, practicing your thoughts, practicing affirmations, practicing living in the shoes of the future version of yourself who is over him and the future version of yourself does not allow yourself to indulge the belief that you want him back damn i hope that this helps any of my heartbroken loves listening right now you always get to manage your mind you always get to tell yourself to stop knock it off kick him off his pedestal and again if you are really struggling with this and you're feeling a lot of pain and you've just come off the heels, you might need to grieve that. I'm saying this to my loves out there who have been doing this work and find that your brain starts to slip back and remember the good old days. Kick them off his pedestal. You've come so far. Own your self-worth. Own your value. Focus on that. You get to manage your brain. Which do you want to choose? Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for all of my new listeners. You're all so amazing. Thank you so much for the beautiful messages. Let me know if you have any topics that you would like me to touch on and please go to iTunes and rate How to Stop Wanting Him Back with five stars. Not four, not three, not two, not one. Bye. And please leave a review. And again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my loves. Bye. Hey, love. If you're picking up what I'm throwing down and would like to deepen this work with me as your coach, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com forward slash work dash with dash me and apply for my six month one-on-one coaching program, where we'll not only heal your heart, but take your entire life to the next level. I can't wait to read your application.